Izzy is real deal grieving, y'all. While we have Sid getting real deal threats, and then everybody else is being played like a stack of cards. Stay tuned as we talk all things LA's finest. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> What's up? Hey. We back two days in a row. Okay, that wasn't a row. We skipped the day. We back the day after the day that we went on air the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that go. Yes. Anyway, we're back. So, welcome, everyone. Tonight, you are watching L.A.'s Finest Season 1, Episodes 4 and 5, okay? Because we know y'all missed us from Monday, but we here again. Tonight, we are going to be talking about Episode 4 and 5. We're going to give you some background about Izzy, the McKenna family, all they drama, Sid's past life, and her old boo popping back up. Mm. Not only that, we have some great news for you guys and top comments, and we're going to end it off with our predictions. But before we get started with all of that, I'm your host, Portia Carter, and joining me is my lovely co-host, Ashley Allen. Well, hello, Portia. What's up, girl? Double duo, back at it again. Back at it again. That's Twice like, in one that's week. That's like us. Come on, let's Yes. Come on. You know, we, we do business. We get stuff done. <laughs> they the ladies making it happen, just yes. like us. Yes. Yes, for the bean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so episode four, Deja Vu. Let's get your overall thoughts of the show. I really liked episode four. I feel like episode four really moved the story forward. Finally. It gave us some dirt. It gave us some information, some questions that I really was bothered that I was going to have to wait to get answered from last episode. So I, I really liked episode four. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I like episode four. It's like we're digging slowly, but surely I don't like this slow. I don't <laughs> like the slow dig because it's like it's like once it's it's like a little bit predictable. Okay. So it's like we have an idea of what has happened and we know exactly what's happened like in Sid's past life, but we're waiting for the people around her to like kind of come to terms with it. Right. If you get what I'm saying. Yes. I guess that's, I guess what I'm going to explain with that is more so in episode five. So we're going to get to that. Okay. First things first, let's talk about Izzy skipping school. Izzy's out here in these streets. We um, thought she was up to something. Yeah, but I didn't think it was this. Yeah. But it makes sense. But I, if she's going to be up to something, I'm glad that it's this and not just some random nonsense. At least it makes sense for her story and her character. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel? She's still a little skeptical in my book. I understand, okay. you know. She, you know, grieving and she want to run off and go, you know, have a little word to word, heart to heart with the woman who killed her mama. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's just a little word, heart to heart thing that she really want to have with this lady. I mean, oh. granted, she can't do nothing because the lady is in jail. You know, she can't do not a dang thing. Yeah. But I believe there is some darkness behind her grief. Oh, absolutely. I believe there's a lot of darkness. Yes. And, and I don't know. We got to see a little bit of that darkness. And I it actually kind of broke my heart when she did finally break down. I'm sure we'll get to it. And she kind of blames her mom to a certain extent. She blames herself. That's sad. She 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 blames her mom. She blamed herself in a way. And her mom. And it's like, I guess they blame. She blamed her. She said that she couldn't 
stay with me or something. Yeah, she didn't. I forgot she, what she said. She blamed, kind of put a little bit of blame on her mom. She was like, well, how come she couldn't hold on until the ambulance got here or something like that? Anyway, I just think the point is it was out of her mom's control. It was out of her control. It was just something bad that happened. So I really hate that she's even putting blame on anybody besides the person that was driving the car that hit them. Yeah. What you think about Nancy having this tracking device on her? Listen, in, you think in that's today's a little... society, <laughs> you need it, huh? <laughs> when my kids watch this, you know, some years later, I, listen, I'm going to have a tracking device on you guys. I'm, I'm just telling you right now. No facts. I'm just saying. Like that when teenagers you know, are not the same when we were teenagers. Okay, I'm having tracking devices when they come out the womb. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to tell the doctor, it put a little uh, device in their foot while they can't feel it. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and know my little baby. Look, she going to grow with that device in her foot. Yeah. It's okay because I'm going to find her wherever she at. <laughs> no, for real, though. But I just thought that was like, we don't know when Nancy married Patrick. So we don't know how the now McKenna family is together. But we do know that not only is Nancy's step-parent, she has developed a love for Izzy. Mm-hmm. And they have like us. I, this is not normal. The kind of step parent and child relationship that they have is not normal. I'm trying to tell you, okay? Because I have anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that ain't normal. But their dynamic is kind of like you know, it's really like free. Yeah. And I believe Nancy understands Izzy because she's been a teenager before. Right. But she has a heart for her because she's never been a teenager who's grieved. So mm-hmm. it's like she's trying to understand that. But I love the protectiveness she has with implanting the tracking device in her phone. Absolutely. And tracking her everywhere she goes. It's just like, you know what? You ain't going to be surprised when some stuff go down because yeah. you know where she at. Exactly. And then, again, like we're saying, I think at this point in time in Izzy's life where she's had a traumatic experience, she's at that age where things can go wrong quickly, of course she should have a tracking device. So. This fake ID that she showed up to the precinct <laughs> with, was that a dude? No, it was a girl. Really? It just didn't look anything like her. It the looked only like thing they had in common was the hair. Right. <laughs> Why it. did she think they was going to pull that off? Because she's a teenager. Right. She's right. a teenager. And why did she leave her best friend at her house, though? I was confused. Um, I guess she trusts her. But I, I would have told my best friend, you got to go. I'm not, no evidence here. You got to go. I'm leaving. That was so weird. You know, they don't think things through, so. I'm still trying to figure out how the girl got out the house without anybody knowing that she was there. <laughs> like, anyway, that was a little weird. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about this drug bust. Yes. Okay, so the show starts out with Sid and Nancy chasing this homeboy down. And the homeboy is just so happy to be a guy who robs drug dealers, who robs them and commit homicide mm-hmm. on them. Like, he shoot up the spot. On them fools, take their drugs, take their money, and he out of there. He has been a serial drug dealing scam bust up killer. Yes. He was on his way to his next drug stash raid when Sid and Nancy knew about his whereabouts, knew his little track record, and they pulled up on him. He just so happened to get hit by a car. They end up at the hospital, and once he gives them the details of his next drug thing that he was about to do, they plan a drug raid on the people for themselves and decide if they want to plant the drugs that 
Sid stole from Cirque. How did yes. you feel about this whole situation? I thought it was a very smart situation. It was very dangerous. Facts. But how else, what else were they going to do with the drugs? Right. So, they had to be planted in a drug raid. Yes. I, I like that idea. I would have never thought of that. I would have never thought of that either. But it's like, see, it can't just pop up at the uh, the station like, here I go. Right. <laughs> right. Don't, and don't nobody know where she got these from. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think it was a brilliant plan. I'm glad that these two were able to pull it together and actually get it done because, you know, they're always arguing with each other. Yeah. So, um, they argued in the planning process at yeah. the hospital. <laughs> I think the only... The only part of the plan that is pointing the finger at them is when they had to call in the gas leak. Remember that? I mean, but she called it in on a flip phone. You can't track those. I know, but it's like, it seems very coincidental that the location that they were going to do a drug bus all of a sudden has a gas leak. And then all of a sudden they find the drugs that they've been looking for this whole time. I don't know. That just you seemed... got a point there. So that could give it away. And you know what else I think could give it away? Hmm. Two things. Okay. So two things they did wrong that just wasn't okay. So you got your part. And then so, okay, I guess that's three things. So yours is one. Mm-hmm. Them calling from for the gas leak. Okay. Stupid. I mean, not stupid. It's smart because they needed a way to figure this out. They needed a way to get in there they and plant the drugs. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. But, you know... It was a little phony that them two was missing in action from the office, right. from the bus, from everything. And that's what happened. So yes. that right there. And then the second one is if they had cameras of C.S. dad showing up, dropping that car off. Okay. Because okay. cause shout out to Papa. He showed up and came through <laughs> for the girls. Okay. And then the third thing was Sid hooking her dumb phone up to the Bluetooth oh. at the at the dang old chop shop. I didn't even think about that. I was so mad when she did that and they kept on showing it. I'm like, I wonder is that how Lieutenant Calloway was going to know that it was Sid? Because you can go through any time a Bluetooth speaker has been hooked up to somebody else's stuff. You can yes. go through that Bluetooth speaker and see who it's been hooked up to. It's exactly. going to name the phones. It's going to name the connections that it's had. Yeah. Anything. Like, it's always traceable with Bluetooth. Ugh. And it was Sid's phone. It wasn't even... And you, you see, that was like the XR. Like, yeah. <laughs> you see this wasn't a Play Play phone. This was a whole iPhone. This mm-hmm. was her phone. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't the burner that hooked up. Like, this was her stuff. And I'm just like, they going to trace that Bluetooth speaker. Like, if they go through all the evidence, evidence in place, they going to trace that Bluetooth speaker back to the hookup of Sid's phone when the music went off and that's going to be a fail. True. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Because I was just like, how did he know it was Sid? I thought that's why. Because remember, and then shout out to them for this moment of having like daddy-daughter, I guess, toast. They're bonding. Yeah. See, their relationship is growing. She's getting softer. Yeah. This she, is what I want to see. And he working his way in. He just, you know... Yeah, so they have that little moment, but when Callaway was blowing her phone up while he was there, I'm thinking that he found out because of the speaker. That's what I was thinking. I don't think it's because of the speaker. I think he's he's he already has his suspicions of them anyway. And then, like you said, they're missing. They're the only two missing in action. So where are you guys? And how is this all of a sudden popping up here? Right. Facts. And how do you feel about Nancy's lying skills? Because she looked Lieutenant right in the face and said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Nancy's not that good of a liar. She's not. Because I was at looking all. like, mm, at all. you seem a little shaky in your answer, baby girl. Yeah. And and I just, she could barely even look him directly in the eye. 
Yeah. And I feel like he's the type of person when he asks you a question, he already knows the answer. Yeah. So I hate when people be doing that. Like how he tried to pull up on uh white men. <laughs> yeah. And he talk about some uh so what what you think CA got going on, you ain't worried about it. he like, That's my friend, you can chuck the deuces, you look like a narc. Get out of my yeah. face. <laughs> yep. Just shut that all the way down, yep. okay? So yeah. let's talk about Sid's past life. Okay. So in this episode and Deja vu, we kind of get deja vu. Mm-hmm. That's why I guess episode four was titled Deja Vu. So we kind of get this deja vu scene where Sid, she goes into the shower and she remembers being in the shower with now we know him as Agent Warren Hendricks, but at the time it was just a deja vu of her in the shower with her boo daddy. Yes. Okay. So then we get a few more flashbacks like throughout the episode of. Boo Daddy been the boss man at the DEA. Mm-hmm. So they got this whole thing where they're working the Gabriel Knox case together. He's giving all of the orders, but he doesn't trust her to act out all of the orders in her way only. He wants to put his hands in it because she's a woman. Yes. And not only is she a woman, she's his woman. His woman. And he loves her and he cares about her. Yes. How do we feel about these past life experiences that we get from Sid that pop up? I think these past life experiences, again, it's helping us really get to know her and why she is the way she is. So that, those flashbacks really made me understand a part of why she treats her dad the way she does when he tries to help her. It's because she's always and has consistently been undermined or I want to take care of you, da, 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 because she's a woman. So that makes sense, you know, like I said, not only because of her past and her dad not being there, but why she reacts to him the way she does when he wants to help her. Uh, it sucks that women have to go through this and that we constantly have to fight this battle of proving that I'm just as good of, as you or not better. Um, but I think I think that not only is she handling it, she's showing them. She's showing by action. So, good job. Sue. Okay, and you hit it right on the nail. Cause let me tell y'all something. Y'all underestimate us women. Ain't gonna get y'all too far in this nail, world. Nail. Y'all better wake up and recognize <laughs> that we are the number one. Okay. Yes. And we got this. No matter what you think, what you say, we gonna handle ours our way. Okay. Amen. So, Sid is handling hers her way. Yes. The only thing that was a little scary. Is when, you know, little Kobe pulled up, talked about Knox want to meet you in person, <laughs> and this was not a part of the plan. Yeah. So, boo daddy boyfriend boss. <laughs> that was a lot. That's a lot. Boo daddy boyfriend boss is like, no, Sid, don't get in the car because, you know, she's a woman and she's his woman and he, he has this protective shell over her. But she decides to get in the car anyway, and, you know, that kind of plays into her downfall of Mm -hmm. what happened to her. Not only does it play into her downfall, it was how she lost her baby because of the torture and everything that they did to her. We haven't seen everything, but in episode five, she kind of alludes to, you know, things coming back. And she's seeing flashes of what used to happen to her. But before we get into that... I just want to say that um, I do want to mention the part about her visiting the babies. So we know that she, you know, lost the baby. And we find out in episode five that it was Hendrick's baby. Yes. So um, they have this thing 
Well, she has this thing where since she lost a baby, she goes as she uses her cot bash to get in, but she goes to the ICU unit, mm-hmm. you know, every night and right and rocks newborn babies to sleep. Yes. And of course, she's a regular because the nurse, when she saw her, she like, I ain't seen you here in a minute, <laughs> you know. And then when um, th- this is the only way I can describe them. Please forgive me if this is, you know, outrageous. But white men, you know, has this thing where I don't know why he feels comfortable with telling Sid what's going on with him. But he feels comfortable enough to be open with her. And he lets Sid know that. The reason why I didn't want everybody knowing about, because, you know, black men told that told the world that he was pregnant, him and his wife was pregnant and having a baby. Yeah. But, you know, white men tell Sid that I didn't want everybody to know because this is our third attempt. This is our third try. Right. So Sid, being the great friend that she is and showing him what helps her, takes him to the baby ICU unit so they can rock the babies to sleep. How did you feel about that? I absolutely love that. And I think that that's was a so great idea. Felt. I was like, oh. I think that was a really good idea. Uh, it showed us the softer side of both of them. Yeah. Especially Ben, because we're so used to seeing him being in the competitive mode with uh, Sid and McKenna and yeah. him being the funny guy. And I think it it also shows that, you know, when, you know, a a couple loses a baby, it doesn't just affect the woman. It affects the man, too. So I really enjoyed seeing that other side, that soft side. And, again, just a reminder that it affects more than just the mom. Yeah. Oh, that just hit me hard because you never really see the man's reaction to losing a baby. Yeah. You never really, because we get all of these moms, you know, with testimonies of miscarriages and things of that nature. And just like, not even just see it, but the character, who is the character, but Gabrielle Union herself has been yes. very vocal about her having eight miscarriages. Yeah. And the the reason why they decided to go the surrogate route was because of her miscarriages and her body not being able to carry. And But even though she talks about it, we kind of don't ever tap into the way that um, Dwayne feels about mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So we got this whole man, Dwayne Wade, all in love with baby uh, Kavia or Kavaya. Kavaya. Sorry. Kavaya. And, you know, got her tatted all on his back and stuff. And now we're getting a peek into the man's side of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard hard on everybody. Losing babies is no small thing in any kind of way. Mm -hmm. Speaking of losing... We don't want to lose y'all, okay? We don't want to lose y'all attention, y'all love, y'all comments, <laughs> or y'all support. So let us tell you how you can stay with us. Yes, and how you can help us here after Buzz is to make sure you follow us on all social media. But before you do that, we want to take the time to thank you guys for making us here at AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV, TV talk. talk. So the way that you can help us is very simple. It takes five seconds, guys. All you have to do is follow us on YouTube. We have so many channels, so many different interests here at AfterBuzz TV. We have a horror channel, comedy channel, um, what else? Romantic channel. We have yes. action. We have everything. We cover everything here at AfterBuzz TV. And if you're driving and you can't watch us on YouTube, make sure you go to iTunes. We have podcasts there. And then while you're there, make sure that you give us a five star. And then Bye. make sure that you leave comments on iTunes and on YouTube. We read them all and we interact with you guys. And we may even give you a special shout out if we yes. have a really, really In good In our top comments. comment section, okay? Yes, definitely. So that's all that you have to do. That's all we're asking. It's very 
very simple. And again, make sure that you support us. And we thank you again for making us here at AfterBuzz the ESPN of TV, TV Talk. Talk. We love y'all. Yes. So, episode five. It was titled Farewell. Okay? We don't want to farewell with y'all. We love y'all. Remember me saying that? We love y'all. No farewells, okay? <laughs> yes. But episode five was titled Farewell. We had a lot of different things going on. First and foremost, because we just talked about it, let's just t- tap back into this Sid and Hendrix dynamic. Because that's how episode four ended. But when f- when five started, you know, Lieutenant Calloway and Agent Hendrix, which is Sid's, you know, boo daddy, boyfriend, ex, all that. They have this whole plan of how they're going to take Gabriel Knox down and all they want is Sid to be a part of the task force. How did you feel about that? That was so rude. Rude. The way that they went about it. I would have been pissed too because she definitely was ambushed. Yeah. Um, She had no idea that baby daddy was going to be there. And I just feel like if you're going to want her expertise, at least give her a heads up. Like, don't ambush her like that and then make her shut down because that's exactly what happened yeah and then you know he could have reached out yeah he could have helped her he he knew i i feel a little bit you know emotional about this part because she had flashbacks about this man but he knew that kobe was there he knew how to find kobe he knew all the details about this man sitting right in her neighborhood and ain't tell her nothing and the flashbacks that she having is the torture from kobe Mm -hmm. you see why i'm emotional because (laughs) if i was being tortured by a man and you ain't tell me he right here in my neighborhood i'm gonna go go for his neck and then i'm gonna come for yours and not only that he knew why Sid moved to L.A. He yeah. knew that she came here to take them down, to find the people who did this to her. So why not get involved from the beginning or something besides just popping up and giving her information that you could have given her in the very in the first place? That you could have told her on a personal level. Yeah. Obviously, because at the end, we see them having like this little chess board where they're talking and everything. Mm-hmm. And on the chess player, she mentioned he mentioned that the game is still going on. And then under every um, piece is a name that connects somebody to Gabriel Knox. Yes. And so he was like, oh, you still playing this game with trying to find Knox. So you already knew she was doing stuff <laughs> like this. He you knew already knew she was doing something like this. The least you could have did was told her what was up. Yeah. And I understand, you know, respect the code, respect the badge. He still has to do his job at the end of the day. But don't you also want to protect the woman that you love? Facts. Just saying. Facts. And then this man get all aggressive and then shot the man dead. <laughs> The one way to Gabriel Knox, and I just feel like, okay, they needed to kill him so that he don't give them no information so that they can keep the story going. Okay, cool. Do what y'all do. Yeah. But he done shot the man dead. So now. Ain't even give her the opportunity to shoot him. Because well, Lord knows she was going to take him out after the questioning, okay? Somehow, some way. Yes. <laughs> Somehow, some way he was going to be a goner. Mm-hmm. I just, it was weird seeing her trying to save his life, though. While he was down there laying there bleeding out. Why? Because it's like, this is the man that tortured you. And you trying to put your fingers in his wound so he can stop bleeding. But she's trying to save him because that's the person that's going to lead them to who they want, which is Knox. But it was a little weird for me. Okay. I would have been kicking dude in the face. <laughs> like, die! Die, fool! Die! <laughs> <laughs> I would have been kicking him. Okay. Oh, my God. Poor <laughs> 
So with this Sid and Hendrix dynamic thing, they are like everybody, I guess, can feel their tension. Yes. And everybody can, I guess, feel what's going on because, you know, Black Ben caught them in the elevator together. And he like, uh, one of y'all come off the elevator because I need to go somewhere. <laughs> I got stuff to do. What are y'all I got stuff to do. What are y'all doing in here? <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Nancy goes to see it and start asking some questions about what's going on between y'all two. It's so obvious. It's so obvious about the, like their chemistry is on 10. Yeah. Even Lieutenant Callaway knows he back by himself. <laughs> he knows what's up too. Yes. He know what's up too, but what um, Sid disclosed with Nancy was pretty personal. Mm-hmm. It was pretty personal, and it was her first time being open about this. And she let Nancy know that the baby that died was Hendrix, and he does not even know. Oh man, he didn't know she was pregnant. Didn't even know he lost a baby. That's not crazy. See, now I'm going to have to say now, Sid. <laughs> Why does this man not know? Yeah. And, but I, I mean, I understand that she had just went through a very, very traumatic situation. Yeah. She probably just wanted to get out of town. Um, she probably just couldn't emotionally even handle that on top of what she had just been through. Yeah. Um, but what's, what happens in the dark always comes to light. This man is going to find out and it's going to be worse. Find My out thing later. is, Lieutenant Callaway... Did a background check, saw the pictures, read the file, everything on Sid. Yeah. He probably know. So why you don't know? You were the boss. You were the one in charge. You were the lieutenant over her case. How do you not know all of the medical records that happened with her torture and her losing a baby in this whole situation? Like, I'm confused. How That's does he really not good know? That's a good question. That's a good question. Like, is know. it not in the file? Or maybe she probably you know, took it from the file. Or maybe, you know, she didn't find out that the baby was gone until after recovering. I don't know. Like, no, it should it should have definitely been in the file. Yeah. I mean, I granted, she only could have been like, you know, maybe like six or so weeks, maybe like 10 weeks or something because she wasn't showing right. when she got kidnapped. But she sure. knew she was pregnant. Yeah. That's for sure. But she definitely wasn't showing. And I feel like she shouldn't have been out there on no tasks like that knowing she was, you know, at least starting a family. That's very true. That's very true. But you know what? Maybe or maybe she didn't know she was pregnant and she found out that she was pregnant and lost a baby at Ah, the same time. Okay. At the hospital. I think that makes more sense. Because, oh, yeah. Because when she explained it to um, Nancy that that first night, the first episode when they were standing over the bridge, she did say, you know... All I heard was the medical records of what happened to me. I yeah. was tortured, blase, blase. I was pregnant and lost a baby. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's probably what happened. Okay, Okay. so then now I understand why he doesn't know because... She didn't know. Yeah. Okay. But still, if okay. it's in the medical records, if she found out, because she didn't know nothing that happened to her, but if she found out that she was pregnant and then not pregnant no more, yeah, he should know too. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so we got that. Moving on to this case with the bins. So, the Benz are solving this really weird case somehow, some way. Somebody in the LGBTQ community, <laughs> you know, was a transgender. And what they did was they, you know, cut up all of his lady parts that, or her, because, you know, transgender, they change their gender. Mm-hmm. So, they cut up all of her lady parts that was implanted and reconstructed and then left her all bloody and dead at a church, Ugh, a Catholic church at that's that, terrible. and broke in, and the Benz are trying to solve this case. How do you feel about this whole thing? 
I think this is a very, very sensitive topic that Facts. is very, very real. Um, I am actually kind of glad that this show touched on this topic because, again, I think it's I think it's something that people hear about, but they may not necessarily know how bad it really is and that it's still happening today. Yeah. So uh, I think this is one of the storylines so far, or the cases so far, um, that I actually am glad is on the show because it definitely needs to be talked about. And then it's an ongoing case. This yes. is a part one of this case. Mm-hmm. Like, they ain't even finished solving it. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. And I think, you know, I did get a little emotional when um, the lady, Sid and Nancy, pop up at the LGBTQ uh, community group. Mm-hmm. And they're having this meeting. And, you know, a lot of the transgender women are telling their stories and they're crying about how they've been harassed or have been abused or have had threats to them yeah. and things of that nature. But they're talking to this all in the safety of their church. Yeah. You know, it's, so it was like a weird, it's like a, I don't know. It was like, um... I guess a weird expression in the for the time and place that it was at, but it was very necessary mm-hmm. and it was very um, eye opening because I don't think about stuff like that a lot, you know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm just being awakened to the fact that stuff like this is happening. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know for a long time. My first transgender encounter of knowing what that even was was Bruce Jenner. Okay, or what, really? what's the real name, real name now? Uh, Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah. Dang, I, forgive me, y'all. Forgive me, all your Kardashians. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Caitlyn. Yes. So, that was my first encounter with knowing that that that, that was possible, that mm-hmm. people could actually change their gender. Like, yeah. I wasn't really, you know. I mean, granted, I have, you know, gay people in my family who cross-dress, you know, right. who may, like, my big sister. She wears boys' clothes, mm-hmm. you know. She's just so happy to be married to a woman, but... I didn't know that people actually go to the very extent of yeah. changing their body parts and all of that. Yeah. So that's new to me, you know, I guess for about five years now. <laughs> hey, but I, I mean, still don't see stuff like this often. So to, to see it and to hear their stories and to know that they are targeted because, you know, I grew up with my big sister and she never told me no stories about her being harassed and nothing. We've been living a, a real normal life. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, that there's another end or another side to, you know, people who actually go through these traumatic experiences with yes. this topic, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that they showed us what happened. But not only are the men's, you know, tapping into this situation a little bit, we got a black man with the base barbecue, okay? <laughs> Okay, and look, remember last show when I said I thought, you know, Black Ben might like Sid? First of all, I take that back, y'all. I'm sorry. I had no idea that Black Ben was married. I didn't know he and was he married. And he married to your twin, girl. Hey, sis. Hey, Kelly. <laughs> I know. I was like, look at Kelly. Yes, girl. Get those acting jobs. Get those checks. Okay. Get that back, sis. Yes. But she, I, she I didn't. She a reoccurring start, too. Come on. Yes. Cause you gonna be you gonna be Ben's wife forever <laughs> on this show, okay? I yeah, but I had no idea that he was married either. Shout out to Kelly Rowland, though. We yeah, love you. Shout out to Kelly, we love her. Yeah, I had no idea he was married either. He's married with kids, so grown kids, grown kids too. Well, I, we don't grown. know how old his son is, but we do see this little escapade at the barbecue. Yes, some stuff is going on, okay? So they having a barbecue, and you know, Kelly. I don't know the wife's actual name. We're going to call her Kelly right now because okay. she is in real we'll life. It out. So, you know, Kelly kind of like, you know, poke fun at him for showing white Ben the birthing video yes. and all of that is happening. But then <laughs> in the background, we got Ben's son taking a beer to the head with Izzy. With Izzy. And we know both of them underage. Yes. Okay. Baby and they, face. Okay, but it's okay because I was 15 drinking too. But... Uh, <laughs> 
my my family had nothing to do with it. They ain't no done no better. Okay, we were sneaking. Let me just say, um, this was the one moment uh, where Izzy really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I've been having sympathy for her for the entire show. Yeah, uh, I have completely understand where she is, how she's feeling, uh, and that she's angry. But I was just kind of upset. I'm like, well, you just embarrassed your dad. And not only is it just your dad, like, he's all these people's boss. You know what I'm saying? Like, look what you just did. So a a part of me, again, is like, I I sympathize for her. I feel bad. I know that she's young and she's trying to, you know, express all these emotions. But she just embarrassed the hell out of her dad. Yeah. And then you throwing glass beers. You snatch it out his hand. And you throwing glass beers at somebody else's house. Yeah. <laughs> you don't live here. This Listen. is the beans. This is black beans place don't at do that, that, okay? And that's what he said. He literally said, hold on. <laughs> so black man is talking to his son and he just like, let me tell you something. Little white kids who go crazy <laughs> and shave their heads, something wrong with them, don't mess with them. And as soon as he said that, that's when Izzy decides to grab the beer, chug one yes. more chug, and then throw the glass down and break it on so yeah. everybody can see what's going on. And she's having a temper tantrum. He said, you see? You see what she just did? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, black households, that is unacceptable. That know. is unacceptable. That's you getting your ass whooped today. But those are the, <laughs> these are the type of moments that I really like about this show because it, it shows you the, that type yes, of thing. natural. Real moments. It's funny. I love Funny, funny. So let's jump into the McKenna family. We got a lot going on with the McKenna family um, this episode. First and foremost, we know Izzy is having a thing. And so let's just go ahead and talk about, we talked about her thing. So after that moment, Nancy takes Izzy to the same place where the car accident happened, where the drunk driver hit her and her mom, mm-hmm. and her mom just so happened to die, and Izzy survived. She takes her to this scene, and she lets Izzy release all of her frustrations yeah. through screaming and crying and just letting it out. How did you feel about that? I thought it was very necessary. I'm glad that McKenna did something that was kind of out of the box versus taking her home and sitting on the couch and preaching to her, all that stuff like that. Yeah. Like Sometimes you have to... As a parent, I'm not a parent, but I believe sometimes a better way to get through to your kids is to come down and meet them eye to eye Mm -hmm. instead of always being the authoritative figure. Yeah. Uh, And I think what she did in trying to actually relate to her and doing something different worked. Yeah. So even though that could have been that was a risky move, you know, taking her to that place in particular, um, I think it was really good. And it was definitely a moment where they bonded. You're right, and I loved it. Yeah. I'm so happy Nancy did that. So next on the McKenna list, we get Patrick McKenna, who is about to solve this really big case. He about to solve this big case. That's going to be a win for the team. His first term as DA intern, and he, you know, gets sidebarred by Carlene. Carlene gone, girl. Get out of here. Carlene goes to his uh, office, and she like, you know, put your trust in me as an attorney and blase, blase, and I'm gonna help you. You need to trust me. I got your back. Then goes behind his back and take his number one witness to the case that he is about to solve and makes him commit to her instead so that he has no witnesses. So the case is officially over. How did you feel about Carlene's move? Carlene is smart. She's dangerous. 
Um, I'm going to need Patrick to ask some questions about who is this Carlene that has just popped up in my office and popped up in my life. I'm going to need him to get a little bit more curious about who this person is. Yeah. Okay. And he ain't asking not one question. Not one question. And I want all he think all he doing is looking at her. I mean, he looked a little uneasy when she walked out of his office, but yes. that uneasiness was not enough. It's not enough. I need some more eyes looking crazy. Okay. We need some action. Okay. We need some action. But one action that. Patrick McKenna did take on today. He went and got his ex, well, not his wife, his first wife, because he's widowed. He was widowed. Anyway, so he went and got his first wife necklace and something that he was saving for Izzy until she graduated high school. He decided that she needed to have it now because of the emotions that they have going on. And so they sit on the couch and talk about her grief, and he presents her with this necklace, and it's like... It's such a very, I guess, soothing moment for Mm -hmm. Izzy. And it's a moment that now I can be open with my dad about how this is bothering me because she felt like she was alone in this fight of grief. She felt like everybody had moved on and just walked away thinking that his her mother never existed. But now she has a peek into her dad's heart that no, it hurt him too. Mm-hmm. He just don't know how to express it to her. Yeah. How do you feel about so- that? Sometimes when you're trying to be the strong person for everybody else, you forget to express emotion. Yeah. And it can come off as you don't care. So I'm kind of glad that this situation forced him to deal with it. Not only deal with it, you know, on his own, but with his daughter. So he, yeah. so she can fully understand, like, I, yes, I am still hurt too. Yeah. So sometimes I think it, it, you need to have that moment and reminder together it's not you don't have to go through this alone facts for both of them yeah and nancy was listening to that conversation and she just so happened to you know fall in love with what was happening too (laughs) so let's just you know talk about how sid has this little encounter at the end because the McKenna family is having their woozy wazzy. Mm-hmm. And then Sid just so happens to get a knock at the door and she thinks Jen about to come and, you know, I guess light her fire again <laughs> like how she did. Because obviously this torture uh, dominatrix thing that Jen is doing for Sid is allowing her memory to come back uh, from the torture that she had before. Yeah. It's triggering that and that's how she's getting her visions back and all of that. Mm-hmm. Whatever that's doing for her, she thought she was about to have it again tonight, but oh, no, oh, no, no. Jen came to her door drugged up with a whole message from little homeboy who was working for Gabriel Knox. Arlo. Arlo. Yeah. That's his name. Cool. So Arlo done sent her a message saying, meet up at this spot, come by yourself, and she show up. He threatens her and let her know that she he about to start tackling everybody she care about. Ooh. And she claims, well, I, I like the line that he said. She said, well, that's a short list. He said, I think the list is much longer than you realize. Yeah. Dang. And he's and absolutely then right. When he laid out all of the photos mm-hmm. on the ground as she's walking, she's literally walking around everybody that she cares about. Yeah. Not only that, he has mystery faces. Mm. Who you think that? I think the mystery faces is is Marcus and Mike Lowry. Yes, that's what I think. I think it's her her brother because they already show Hendrix. Yeah, he already showed her daddy. He showed the whole McKenna family. Yeah. he showed all of them. He showed the whole task force. Like your coworkers, you care about them too. Yeah. But then he got some mystery faces, and it was about five of them. But yeah. I think at least two of them was Marcus and Mike Lowry. But you ain't gonna get to them. Yeah. You know, them bad agree. boys. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna take you out like a you know, 
they yes. gonna take you out with a quickness, and I really believe that they don't even know what she really had going on because had they know Marcus and McLaurin be all over that, okay? <laughs> Because they're not playing no games about yes. their little sister Sid, okay? <laughs> and uh, Mike Lowry's ex-boo, all right? Mm-hmm. You know? But anyway, we're going to see how that play out. Hopefully, we get a little peek of Gabrielle Union as Sid in Bad Boys 3. We don't know how that's going to happen, but we know Bad Boys 3, they are working on it. Yes. So, speaking of Gabrielle Union, we got some news for you. We do. All right. So... I have just learned this, and I'm actually quite excited about this news and gossip because I don't really watch this show, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to at least give it a chance this season. America's Got Talent has a new judge. The new judge is Miss Gabrielle Union herself. Check out this clip. kicks off the summer with two new judges, a new host, and all new talent. Hallelujah! I'm a dancer, so this is like the best dessert I could ever have. Wow. Wow. Come on, Gabby. Yes. She says she wants to be on a show where she can help dreams come true. This is the perfect show, I believe. It's going to be interesting to see her on this show. I think it's going to be good. First of all, shout out to Gabby for catching this bag. Okay. (laughs) Shout out to her for securing that one. Okay. And then making people's dreams come true. I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed either. I would have never guessed that she would be a judge on a show, but I like seeing this. Yeah. It's a new look. I love it's it. It's a new look, and I know it's going to be fun. She already up there talking about my favorite phrase. Hallelujah! <laughs> okay. Speaking of phrases, we got our special segment for the top comments of the night. This is a moment where we shout out a comment that you have left or your friend have left or one of your other peers or any audience member. So make sure you watch, subscribe, like, share with us your insight, your comments, your everything, whatever you want us to know. If we like it, we're going to put you out there, okay? That's your moment to be shout out from us. So today on the list... We got uh, Lily Gal One, who just so happened to let us in on Carlene's um, character and how they feel that she would portray in the show. So they say the actress who plays Carlene is Rebecca Budick, who is quite known in the daytime world. She had roles on several soaps, particularly for several years on All My Children. I did not watch that. <laughs> but where she played the pivotal character Greenlee Smythe. I am not at all surprised that Rebecca is running with this role of Carlene and making the most of it. She is so good and can definitely hold her on with Jessica and Gabrielle. Come on. She can hold her own because we see the girls already doing that. They said that they hope Carlene lasts throughout several episodes. She is definitely going to bring another dimension to the show. Yes. Thank you, Lily Gal One, for that insight. We had no idea who Carlene was and where she come from, but now that we know that she is a great actress, we know that we got we got a run for our money coming up soon. Okay, yes. yes, a run for our money. Speaking of run for our money, let's get your really quick prediction for the next couple of episodes. What do you think about the happen? TV prediction. All right, as I'm going to continue to say through the rest of the season, I think Gabrielle, sorry, Sid's character is. Um, her guard is going to come down with her dad, and I think her dad is going to be a really good, big essential to her finding Team. who she she's trying to find. Um, and uh, I'm still I'm very intrigued by Izzy's character, and I want to see what's going to happen with her and Hendrix. I I, I want to see a consistent uh, uh, lover in her life, and I think maybe he's the guy. 
Facts. I want her to reunite with Hendrix. I believe he is eventually going to find out that they had a baby and they lost it within that thing. And that's going to fuel his fire to go find Gabriel Knox, too. And then I also think that she about to warn the whole family that y'all need to be watching y'all back. Because Gabriel Knox trying to come after all of us. Ain't none of us safe, okay? (laughs) So, we gonna find out next week what's going on to see if they in the safe zone or if, you know, Gabriel Knox done put his little hand in his fingers inside of Sia's life and taking out her people. Until then, why don't you tell them where they can find you? All right, after business, you know where to find me on all social media at Ashley Reed Allen. And I'm Portia Carter. You can find me everywhere at Portia Carter. See y'all next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 